And so you knew that there was a, there was a problem there. The consumer was suffering. Mm. And, and now you look and you say, what are the big oligopolies that need to be transformed? And that's kind of the way I've been investing recently. Mm. I, I sort of go, okay, what are they? It's like banking, finance, commerce. Commerce has Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, insurance, government, and healthcare. And, and you, you look at those and you go, okay, what technologies are around? that can help transform those. And that's where you get into Bitcoin, blockchain, smart contracts, artificial intelligence and surveillance. And you go, you put those together and you can create an insurance company with no people. Mm. You can, that's safer, better, faster, better service, cheaper than anything uh, that we've got out there. You're listening to the Growth Manifesto podcast brought to you by Web Profits, a specialist digital marketing agency that provides outsourced marketing teams, bespoke specialized solutions, and complex digital campaigns for brands looking to drive extraordinary performance in today's complex digital environment. You can find out more at webprofits.io. If you like this episode, please do us a favor and share it with one person who you think will get value from it. And I know there's a ton of podcasts out there. So thank you for taking the time to listen to this one today. Now let's get into it. Today, we're talking with Tim Draper, the founder at the Draper Associates, DFJ, and Draper University, and one of the most influential people in the investment and cryptocurrency space. Tim helps entrepreneurs to achieve their visions through funding, education, the media, plus the government reform. His investments have included Skype, Hotmail, Tesla, Coinbase, Twitch, and SpaceX, and he's an early investor in Bitcoin. In 2014, he actually bought 30,000 seized Bitcoin from the US Marshall Service from Silk Road, which today would be worth around $1.8 billion. Today, we'll be talking about how blockchain and cryptocurrency will change the business and finance world. Just quickly, before we get started, uh, make sure to go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Let's get into it. Welcome, Tim. Great. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Really excited to have you here because you've been in the VC game since the 80s quite successfully, actually. And so I thought we could just start there because you've invested in companies like Hotmail, Skype, and Tesla, right? So, and this is back in the 90s and the 2000s. What's your approach to choosing investments? Because you've seemed to have a pretty successful track record all the way back then. Yeah, um, it's fun to think about whether, you know, what, what the magic was. But, um, you know, and all the way up to Coinbase, which looks like it's going to be one of the biggest companies in the world. Yeah. Um, but but here's, here's what I always look for. I look for somebody who is really dedicating their life to something. And that thing is, is something that is a little unusual, a little bit uh off, maybe not something that would be mainstream to start with, but it's going after a major problem. And then I like to look and go, you know, where most venture capitalists, you know, are always looking for what could go wrong. I don't worry about that. All I care about is what if, what if it works? How great would it be? How really cool would this be? And that's, um, Usually enough for me to pull the trigger on on an investment, 
And um, you mentioned the internet and how we mm. got involved early. Um, yeah. And I thought, you know, my mission at that time was to spread venture capital and entrepreneurship around the world. And I feel that that has been accomplished. And I was, um, I was also capitalizing on the, the internet and how it's been able to transform communications and information and gaming, entertainment, media, all these industries. And I thought, wow, I really got an amazing ride there. And then all of a sudden, uh, Bitcoin shows up. Well, but just before we got... get into Bitcoin, just before we get into Bitcoin, because I just want to okay. get kind of your thinking quickly, right? Because you seem to choose things that that end up becoming something, right? Because lots of investors, they choose a lot of things that don't become anything, right? But you seem to have gotten onto the Hotmail wagon and just for other listeners of the podcast, um, can you confirm that it was you who said to put that the little line at the, the bottom of the emails to say to get your free Hotmail account, which became the viral marketing kind of right. the case study? I mean, study? all social media is tied to that one yeah. thing, which is great. Yeah, we, we, we didn't know how we were going to get the word out that we had free web-based email. And I said, well, why don't you just put it out on that web thing? And they said that would be spamming. And I said, well, wait a second, you're giving away free email. Mm. What if you put a little message at the bottom of everybody's email that says, and I told them to say, P.S., I love you, <laughs> get your free email at Hotmail. And, uh, and they were thinking I was out of my mind. Mm -hmm. And they, they uh, pounded, I, I kept pounding, pounding, pounding. And then until finally they said, okay, we're going to try it. But no P.S. I love you. Just get your free email at Hotmail. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, okay, good. Uh, now, we could have had a much more peaceful and loving world if we had <laughs> kept that little message. But yeah. in any case, it spread to 11 million users in 18 months uh, with zero marketing budget. And we had um, the founder was from India, and he, he sent one email to his friend in India and we had a hundred thousand registered hotmail users in India in about three weeks. Wow. Um, so it, it was just exploding. Mm. And to, to that day, uh, that was the fastest growing consumer product of all time. And it was a, yeah. So uh, yeah, I came up with yeah. viral marketing and it spread and it was fabulous. And then we used the same thing when I invested in Skype Yep. And uh, and then a lot of, you know, all social media, all these other kinds of technologies have all been able to take advantage of the idea of, you know, communicating for free around the world uh, and then uh, producing uh, value in other ways through advertising or just using that. The, the real value of that was that it was immediate distribution. And, yep. uh, and that's why Microsoft wanted to pay so much for it. And so you're quite entrepreneurial at heart. Yes, yeah, so you're I'm like, I'm like um, a person that runs the VC funds and a professional investor, but you're also quite an entrepreneur, which is why you seem to be good at finding these opportunities, it seems, because it's a pretty good track record. And I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to understand like your headspace in terms of how you think about these things, because someone that's had like as much success as what, you've had now uh, there's something about that which i'm trying to understand before we're talking uh just before we start talking about 
the blockchain stuff because it's that kind of mindset which I am really trying to get into. And so, so think of it as uh, yeah. yeah. When I was, um, I I've always felt like um, there's there may be a better way, and uh, and I've been uh, I've always had good resistance to peer pressure, and uh, and so I'm always looking for. Um, when people ask me, is the answer A or B? I always look and I say, well, wait, that isn't even the right question. <laughs> you know, we really want, you know, it's, it's Z. It's something completely different. And if you, uh, if you always get to that, um, it, I think it, it makes you um, happier and you can be more honest with yourself if you aren't just saying it's A or B because somebody asked you if it's A or B. Mm-hmm. I, I usually feel like, well, wait a second, let's, let's get back to the basics and let's figure out what, you know, what's the fundamental issue here. And, and at Draper University, we say, you know, there's a sort of a six part program where they start we start by saying, what's the biggest problem that you see in the world? And then how are you going to solve that problem? And then how are you going to turn that into a business? See, so we go to the fundamentals and how are you going to make money in that business? And then how are you going to make your customer into your sales force the way we did with Hotmail? Mm. Um, and, and so we put that package together. It's, it's starting with the fundamentals. Fundamentals are really like, what's the real problem mm. before you go into like, would you rather be on, you know, Facebook or MySpace? <laughs> what's the real problem? Yeah. We want, you know, what do you want to do? How do you want to deal with it? Um, and then, uh, then all of a sudden it's like, well, we want to see pictures on the screen or we want to do something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. innovative. We want to find, find old friends, whatever it is. Then you go, Oh, that's what you wanted. And Twitch, my God, we invested in Justin TV. Mm. Really extraordinary guys started that business, but um, it was just, you know, uh, people, showing each other what their day was like. And then they realized that the real problem or the real opportunity was that a lot of people were using it. 40% of the people were using it so that they could watch other people play video games. And then they said, aha, that's the problem we're trying to solve. That's the opportunity we're Mm. trying to capitalize on. And then they focused just on that. And then Twitch, of course, became a, and then Twitch, okay, and so billion, multi-billion, multi, wonderful, multi-billion, yeah. And so you look um, for kind of areas where there are companies that are solving large problems that potentially haven't been solved before, which which is the example of all the companies which I have um, spoken about so far as part of this introduction, right? They're all companies that are like, like a, they seem to be doing things that are novel that haven't been done before, and the opportunity is big. And so that seems to be your MO <laughs> um, for they, the kind of companies which be, you want to be part of, right? And they tend to be competing in areas that are, um, that are where the, the incumbents, the, the oligopoly is making a lot of money, but not providing good service. Mm. And so like Skype completely transformed long distance Bank telephone calls. carriers. I remember paying $50 a minute for, a I remember those, those as well. Yeah. 
and and all of a sudden it's free everywhere and now we can see each other as we as we mm-hmm. are today mm-hmm. um and and so you knew that there was a there was a problem there the consumer was suffering mm. and, and now you look and you say what are the big oligopolies that need to be transformed and that's kind of the way i've been investing recently mm. I, I sort of go okay what are they it's like banking finance commerce commerce has amazon mm-hmm. um uh insurance government and healthcare and and you, you look at those and you go, okay, what technologies are around that can help transform those? And that's where you get into Bitcoin, blockchain, smart contracts, artificial intelligence, and surveillance. And you go, you put those together and you can create an insurance company with no people. Mm. You can, that's safer, better, faster, better service, cheaper than anything uh, that we've got out there. And what is government but a bunch of insurance companies? So you, you, you can transform government. Mm-hmm. Um, banking's being transformed by Bitcoin alone. Uh, the bankers freaked out when it came, but then they realized, you know, you got to get on board or you're going to lose your clients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, when did you see the potential of, of the Bitcoin currency and the blockchain industry across the board? Like how long ago was that? Well, it came before that because in 2004, something like that, I, um, I talked to this guy from Korea and he, he said, yeah, half of Korea is playing this game lineage. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. And it's so important that I've hired a guy to be my avatar when I go to work. <laughs> and I said, wow. And so then I started to think, whoa, so, so people are using fiat money to buy virtual goods. Yep. And then I thought, and there's going to be money in those games and it's going to be virtual money. And then I thought, well, virtual money would, you know, digital money would go across from game to game and then there'd be a whole new currency. Mm. So I was watching for it and, uh, and I thought it would be game to game, but it turned out that Bitcoin showed up and all of a sudden you had a completely trusted, controlled environment. The decentralized part mm. was even better. Uh, it, even more than you could expect. And then the blockchain was this thing that kept perfect records. There isn't a better banking system in the world. Mm. And uh, and I got very excited about it. I bought a bunch of Bitcoin. How much did you pay for it back then? Because I remember this back when I first four, read about four it. Dollar, well, $4 a Bitcoin, but then it disappeared in the Mt. Gox thing yeah. where they, they disappeared the money and I lost the whole thing. And I thought, oh, too bad. Well, that's the end of that. Well, maybe there'll be another one that comes along. But no, Bitcoin didn't disappear after that. And I thought, my God, that's that's like they had 60% market share on, yeah. on the trading and they just stole the money or disappeared the money. Mm. And I thought, ooh, this, you know, this is gone. But it wasn't, it dropped only 10% on the news. And and I thought, oh boy. People really need this, and that's when I really dug in. And it was about 2013, uh, wasn't it? Um, no, 2012, 20, Mount Gox thing. No, I, I think I bought the auction money in 2013. I think it was like 2011, 2012 when I was. Yeah, okay. Uh, I was sort of buying some and learning more and building and trying to figure it out. 
And one, the, a real light bulb went off when Sebastian Serrano went through Boost. And uh, Boost is a, an accelerator my son created. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he went through Boost and he, and he said, yeah, um, I've lived in Argentina all my life and my parents' fortune has, uh, has been built and then disappeared three times in my life. And I'm only 30 years old. And he said, um, so currency manipulation, uh, is war is almost worse than, um, you know, one of these African governments that comes in and says your money, you know, I I'm taking your business Mm -hmm. from you, Mm -hmm. uh, with guns. So, uh, anyway, he, he said, Bitcoin is our savior. There are only 21 million of them. They can't inflate out of it. Yeah, they can't okay. print money and destroy my value. I can build a business that has great value and no one can take that away because mm. the, the, it's global and, and it's uh, frictionless and, and can move from one country to another. Sure. So, uh, so he got very excited. He created something called Ripio, which is one of the leaders in Latin America. It's like the Coinbase for Latin America. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I thank him mm-hmm. periodically for all that he's done because he basically guided, you know, there were other things you could do remittance across border. You do micro payments. You can do things you can't do with yeah. fiat currency. I mean, and, uh, and it is more trusted, more stable, all those things. People say, oh, it's very volatile. And I say, what are you talking about? One Bitcoin is worth one Bitcoin. It's all these other currencies that are very volatile as they slowly mm. disappear from use. Mm. And then they say, well, so are you going to sell your Bitcoin? And I say, into what? <laughs> what am I going to do? Take the currency of the future and trade it for the currency of the past? What? Mm. It's like taking dollars and converting them to Confederate dollars or taking euros, converting them to French francs or drachma. I mean, I... <laughs> You don't drachma. want those. I remember drachma. Those currencies are no good. <laughs> no good, yeah. And I remember. so I'm very, I'm very excited about the future. I think we're going to have a currency that that is global and no longer tribal. You know, we all our currencies were tribal. We used yep. to all be tribal until the internet came along. Mm. The borders really meant something important. Like, you don't cross this border or else we're going to have a war. Right. But now we want to cross the borders because we want to trade. Mm. And that all came with the internet. And now with Bitcoin, we have something to trade with. With, with. But so back in 2014. That's, that's trusted on both sides of that border. Yeah. It's back in 2014, uh, when Bitcoin was around 400, you predicted it would get to 10,000. And I think people were making fun of that statement. Um, and all those people have it in their words now, right? And um, because it got there. Um, a few times already now, and now it's at 60,000, uh, 55 today was 60 mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. Um, so you seem to know something that others don't before we get into the rest of the conversation. This is just mm-hmm. a question I want to ask, you know, where do you see its value going in the next three to five years? Let's say. Well, so I, yeah, in 2013, wait, 2013, Bitcoin was about 200 and I made that prediction that it would hit 10,000 by 2017 mm. on Fox news. So we are actually, ah, so you did it publicly. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and then, 
it weirdly about three years to the day it hit 10,000 and it went beyond that came back down to about 4,000 in 2018. And I predicted then that it would hit 250,000 by 2022. And, Mm -hmm. and and I'm saying the end of 2022 or early 2023, Mm -hmm. we'll see it hit 250,000. And, um, and I'll, I'll tell you the reasoning I have. Every industry goes through this sort of thing where you kind of go, it goes up to a point and then it drops back down, mm-hmm. kind of a hype point because everybody's saying, oh my God, this is going to be so great. And it's, everybody's excited about it, but it, it's not ready yet. It's not ready for prime time yet. And so then it drops back down while all those engineers are working and building and making it uh, so that it fulfills its dream. Mm. that that was at the top of the hype curve there and and then it goes way beyond what anybody ever imagined and so um so i i mean i i think the 250,000 might be conservative but um i felt that it would get to a point after all the engineers had figured out that they could you know once once they had figured out how to put it together, like take the blockchain, turn it into a balance sheet and an income statement, um, mm-hmm. be able to tax with it, have um, have the ability to uh, accept it as retailers, you know, and and have the transactions happen as quickly as they do with yeah. the Visa network. Um, that it would be that this this only represents like five percent of all the the market for currency and i thought well yeah it can definitely hit that and then i actually think from there it has it it goes up steadily because um it's going to be needed more and more people are going to be using it and uh and they'll use it not just for a store of value not just for remittance not just for micropayments but for um as a currency and so it's going to have that value it'll just keep going um, there's so many parts I want to talk about. So I'll try and keep it to the topic, which I said before, because I'm interested in a few of these points, but if we're talking about the mass adoption of crypto, um, across the economies and stuff like that, right. Um, at the moment, like it is a store of value, right? So people don't want to spend it because at the moment like it's going up. So if you'd bought whatever a car three months ago for $10,000, but it was, the one Bitcoin, that car now, you'd be like, well, that would have been a $60,000 car, right? And so when do you think it will stop being a store of value and start being a currency? Because right now I wouldn't want to spend it on anything because I'll know that maybe it's going to triple in price in three months, in six months, in like a year. So when do you think that will happen? Well, I mean, uh, that's what makes it a horse race is that there's always somebody on the other side saying it's coming to an end. And when they do, then they say, then they'll go ahead and spend theirs. So I, I'm not, um, I'm a hodler and I'm an acquirer. So just for the, <laughs> because I look and so I just say, for the listeners, um, so the person that's a hodler is someone who holds on for dear life. It's a blockchain statement because of the fluctuations over the past five years. <laughs> a hodler. Yeah. Sorry, Tim. And, uh, and, and I'm also looking and saying, well, how much, how much fiat cash do I need to make all my capital calls and support my family and that kind of thing? And then what's left? And it's either in startups or it's it moves into Bitcoin. And that's kind of my 
That's mm-hmm. been my investment strategy, my personal <laughs> investment strategy. But but what's happened is a lot of these things have happened. So Cryptio uh, creates a balance sheet and an income statement off of the blockchain. So a, a tax authority can go in and tax you in Bitcoin if you have like Bitcoin mm-hmm. walled garden of business. And uh, and then uh, OpenNode allows any retailer to accept Bitcoin and it's faster than the Visa network. You know, my big hope is that I am going to be able to raise a fund in Bitcoin, raise a fund, they pay me in fiat, turn it all into Bitcoin, then invest in Bitcoin into all these startups and then have all the startups pay their employees and suppliers in Bitcoin and have the whole thing on a smart contract um, so that we keep perfect records, not just between me and my investors, but also between me and my entrepreneurs. And uh, so that the entrepreneur can easily show, look, here's how we've spent the money. And so I can keep these, I can keep an eye on how people are spending their money. And I can mm-hmm. say, well, what about this? And he said, oh, yeah, that was a mistake we made back when. How about this? And he says, "Oh, I didn't really see that." And you know, we've got to we got to f- figure out how to tighten that up or do something with it. That kind of thing is very difficult to do with fiat and banks and entrepreneurs. But if if it's the whole cash flow is all done in Bitcoin, it can be automatic, and you won't need the accountant, the auditor, the bookkeeper. You don't even need the lawyer for the whole thing because it's uh, it would all be built in a smart contract. So I'm I, that's the vision I have, uh, at least in my world. I imagine in the Hollywood world, they're thinking, "Oh my God, that means we can pay all these people by just giving them a Bitcoin wallet and dropping the money in as it comes into the business." That that's like magic. All of a sudden, there's trust in that system. Right now, there's no trust in Hollywood, no actor, producer, assistant to the lighting guy has any trust for who the, the, the people who are managing it and handling the money and doing whatever. They, they always feel like they get these checks in the mail for 25 cents. Mm-hmm. I don't, this isn't right. And, um, just talk about but that if it's quick. a Bitcoin wallet, it just drops in, yep. doesn't touch any people. There's there's no no room for corruption. It's uh, exactly the way it should be. And there will be thousands of other industries that are all doing different things, uh, doing their business in new ways because of Bitcoin. And that's what I wanted to understand um, is, you know, so what um, problems does the blockchain solve or does Bitcoin solve? Right. Because like, like, are we specifically talking only about Bitcoin or are we talking about like any of the um, the cryptos, uh, say for example, um, Ethereum, Litecoin, or any of those other ones, or like, are we talking only about Bitcoin right now? Well, Bitcoin's the one that has a limit on how many there are, and it's also the most decentralized, and it's the one with the most engineers and entrepreneurs working on it, mm-hmm. and it's the one that if you're a retailer, that's the one you're going to accept first. But these other currencies have uh, have certain purposes, special purposes. I sort of look at Bitcoin and I say, well, that is the Amazon. And these other currencies, they are the other e-tailers. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, 
the other the other currencies are all in, you know doing really cool things, and we're investors in many of them. Um, Tezos has a new way of governing and a new way of keeping um, on the block. The 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 uh, blockchain for Tezos is uh, proof of stake rather than proof of work, which means it doesn't require all that energy to make it happen. And they're set up really well for smart contracts, which is Ethereum's favorite thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Tezos, I have great hopes for. Um, uh, A&T, the uh, Aragon, is, uh, is a token that allows you to, through crypto, create a jury uh, and, and that jury that could just as easily be a voting system. It could, it could lead us toward a liquid, a liquid uh, democracy. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of interesting things can happen there. So then, so then what are the problems that blockchain solves then? You know, so like, like is the finance so industry the main else. thing right now? So, uh, so the yep. blockchain keeps perfect records of Bitcoin but it also can keep perfect records of data. So that data can be anywhere from anything from, yeah, this purse is legitimately Hermes to this piece of art is, you know, the, the one that really counted. Mm-hmm. So, so it can be like an NFT around art. It can be an NFT around music. It can be any number of things. And it can keep per- permanent records. So it can keep a record of you, of your healthcare, of all the things that have happened in your healthcare, and it and it's permanent. It doesn't change. Um, it can keep a permanent record of uh, it, it can be your driver's license or your diploma or your you know real estate license or nursing license or mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, so anything that you need that is permanent. It can also be like collectors, I mean, you know, baseball cards or whatever. Um, so there so are great, there are some great applications that are coming up for the blockchain and NFTs. So blockchain and smart like, contracts. Yes, yeah, sorry, you go. Smart, smart yeah. contracts are really cool because they allow you to set up a contract that is indisputable. It's in software. It's built in. And you see how the you see how the waterfall flows. You see how you know if this then this. It's all set up like a software package, and uh, <clears throat> and so there's no wiggle room for people to you know create a dispute, and that'll save save us countless hours in legal work. Mm. So there are there are a lot of great applications coming with these new technologies. And then when you come, you can add things like um, artificial intelligence and surveillance uh, that has the ability to change the, the whole insurance world uh, because I could, I could have a, an insurance package that I provide right now. The way insurance works is you pay your premium, pay your premium, pay your premium, then you issue a claim and then you fight the insurance company, fight, fight, fight. And then eventually the insurance company, somehow there's a settlement. Well, what if you put it all on surveillance and that surveillance could either be on your body for a medical issue or on your house? You, um, you could pay your premiums in Bitcoin on a 
blockchain and then build it into a smart contract that um, when surveillance saw that your house burned down or the doctor said you've got you know some disease, the check doesn't even have to come. The, the money would just drop into the Bitcoin wallet and you'd have enough to rebuild your house or to pay for medical expenses. So this is, and, and think about that in terms of government. Government is, what is it? It's all insurance. It's healthcare insurance. It's workman's compensation insurance. It's unemployment insurance. It's Medicare. It's your, uh, your welfare and your mm. pension and social security, all that stuff. And it's all insurance. So governance can be very thin and very, com- and, and very competitive, very accountable to its people and very fair because it can all be done um, on this blockchain. So, yeah, you asked about the blockchain. You got yeah. a lot more than... No, no, no. no that, 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 that's exactly what I was after. Um, but just... So where... Are there examples of kind of how it's changed the world today? You know, like, like are there examples of how the blockchain or... Um, the crypto or smart contracts have actually changed actually how we do business or how we live today? Yeah. Well, um, we have a company um, called uh, BitPesa in Africa and they, um, and they translate Nigerian Naira for Tanzanian shillings and they do it on the Bitcoin black. They, they change the Naira to Bitcoin and then the Bitcoin is shillings and, and so that the rails are in Bitcoin. And, uh, and they've done it with many countries and now moving off the African continent, going to Southeast Asia, other places. Mm-hmm. And they've done incredibly well allowing these people to do business in their own currency, but then translating it uh, and storing it, maybe uh, holding it in Bitcoin. Uh, makes it so that it's a it's a trusted system that otherwise maybe wouldn't have a lot of trust to it. And then, you know, you, here's how it really changes the world. If you're, let's say you're in Africa or, you know, one of the bad places like Venezuela or whatever, and you've got a bad dictator and you, and anybody who builds anything of great value, the dictator comes in with a military and takes it away from you. Mm. Or, or, or it's just Nigeria where the Naira just drops in value 50, 70% a year. And so that the value, any value that you create, any, any uh, value you want to hold and you've created with your business um, just disappears over time. So what they can do now is they can operate in Bitcoin and these people are operating their whole businesses in Bitcoin and they're storing their value in Bitcoin. And that value can be all, um, you know, it's out there on the wires, it's out on the internet. So, so it gives spirit to people who otherwise may not have spirit. They, they, they think, oh, if I do anything and build anything of value, the government's just gonna take mm. it from me. So I'm just gonna live for today. Those people are now saying, I can build something and I can hold that value. Mm. Well, what about um, for countries that are a lot more stable, like the US and the UK and Australia? You know, So what does it take for it to change how we do business here? 
Well, the U.S. just printed how many trillions yeah. of dollars, <laughs> making all your dollars worth less. Mm. Uh, and and that's what happens. And then, you know, if if it gets out of hand, you get inflation and that inflation compounds. And then uh, and then you start getting the same thing. People are don't want to work because if they build anything of value, it's taken away from you through inflation. Uh, so uh, no country is immune. And all countries, uh, you know, Look, we're smart. Everybody, all these business people in the world, they're smart. They look and they say, well, wait, that country's doing something, you know, wrong. They're printing too much money or they're they're not operating well. They're living beyond their means or whatever. And so then they go, okay, I'm going to move to another country. And so uh, we actually created something, the Draper uh Institute, Innovation Institute. It's draperhero.org. And you can look at You have so many companies, don't you, Tim? You have so many. <laughs> well, this like, is a nonprofit. nonprofit. This is a nonprofit. Yeah. Okay. And, and you can look at all the country countries and you can see which ones are good places to go and innovate. Mm. And uh, it turns out on the whole, the U.S. is still number one, uh, but it's fast on its heels are, are Singapore and uh, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And then you see countries like Turkey starting at about, you know, 80th. And then they drop to like 140th because this guy comes in and, you know, says, you know, I'm taking everything and, you know, Bitcoin's illegal here and whatever else, you know, whenever you see something like that, then you go as an entrepreneur, you say, Oh, I'm going to go to another country. And that's why there's a mass exodus from Argentina going into Uruguay. It's mm-hmm. the reason all the, there's a huge brain drain out of Turkey. Um, there's been a brain drain out of Greece for years and years. <clears throat> it's really because you, you're looking, if you're an entrepreneur, you can now move yeah. and yeah. you can operate anywhere and you can build your business in Bitcoin and build your value in Bitcoin and hold it. So, so then for um, these mainstream companies that, you know, they're operating like in our fiat, um, you know, they are traditional, but they know this blockchain thing, the crypto thing, it's coming, you know, I should start preparing somehow, right? But they already have this operation that is running. They've got staff, employees, they've got offices and stuff like that. How does a company like that start to embrace this technology now you know um rather than they wait too long and some startup comes and eats their lunch right like you know like how does a company start to do this okay let's say well I'll, i'll try two different angles here one is if you're a fiduciary and let's say you're apple's cfo and you're looking at whatever he's got they've got tens hundreds of $250 billion offshore or something like that. Yeah. Okay, cash. Billions of dollars. And it's in, and it's in fiat. And you realize that the, the U.S. government just printed trillions of U.S. dollars. So all of those billions of dollars just dropped in value. And you think, oh, boy, if they do that again, it's going to drop again. And if it starts to be a spiral we're going we're gonna to have a problem and we, ha- we hold all this stuff and it's getting to be worth less and less as we sit here. Mm. Well, 
in that case, you would say, well, I want to buy Bitcoin because I need to hedge against inflation because you know there are only 21 million Bitcoin out there, but the dollars can keep being printed depending mm. on which government it is and whatever. Okay, that's that's from the, the fiduciary point right. of view. And, to and, buy some uh, Bitcoin and store some of the, the cash reserves into Bitcoin, step one. And that's where, uh, you know, Elon did that with some of the Tesla cash because he said, oh, you know, they're printing these dollars. We need a hedge. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then so did a bunch of other people. And then the, and micro strategies made it a huge part of their mm. asset base. And it grew. Yeah. It's a, you know, now, it, now you invest in that company. You're actually investing in Bitcoin as much as you are the SaaS product. Mm-hmm. The, um, but then there are some that are saying, well, look, you know, I, I, I'm assuming this much inflation, so I'm going to buy this much Bitcoin. And they're the ones who are really yep. paying good attention to the money. And they're not just sort of seat of the pants. And, sure. Uh, and so the fiduciaries, that's, that's one, one way. Yes. The other thing that's happening is on the consumer side. And mm. Elon hit it on both sides. He said, and we accept Bitcoin for these cars. Um, and, uh, and I think he may be using open node too, because it, it, the transaction speed is incredibly fast. So um, if you use open node, you don't have to pay the banks two and a half to 4% when somebody um, swipes a card. Mm. And so um, I think the retailers... And e-tailers are going to go, we accept Bitcoin because it's going to save us two and a half to four percent, which seems not like not that much to the consumer, but to that retailer, retailers run a very thin mar- mm. margin. That could like triple their profits mm. if they can get all their customers to buy it, buy it in Bitcoin. And yeah. if Bitcoin in- continues to increase in value, it's even better. But most of those retailers sort of go, okay, we... We're going to accept Bitcoin and then, uh, but we got to make sure that 80% of the money we bring in is fiat and the other 20 can be Bitcoin and we can store the Bitcoin, but we, um, we, we need the fiat to run our business Okay, for now. Yeah, for now. I was about to ask you that question. But yes. eventually, eventually it's going to, you know, be a, a full uh, a crypto wall garden and then they won't need the fiat anymore. And by, and at that point, when, when we look and we go, I, you know, retailers are going to be saying things like, well, I don't take fiat cash. I only take Bitcoin. And, and that will be the, the turning point where all of a sudden people will be just trying to bail out of their cash mm. and moving into Bitcoin. And that's when it, I mean, it goes through the roof. We, we will have extraordinary prices on Bitcoin at that time. So, um, just on that point, just just to clarify. So basically, like you're saying, take a proportion of your sales in Bitcoin, but store that, right? Because like if you're going to keep exchanging it, it can be volatile because of the fiat currency, right? So store the sales in Bitcoin, but accept it, and then in time, yeah, I'm not that giving will them any advice. Not advice, but no, no. But I'm just trying to kind of understand how that, you're thinking that about it. That is what people are doing. Um. You know, at Draper University, we take, we, we've been taking Bitcoin for years. Two guys who paid in Bitcoin basically paid for the school for about four years. 
Um, but but we um, we accept Bitcoin through OpenNode, and we accept it for rent in Hero City. We accept it in all sorts of different ways, uh, and uh, and and it's a very it's an easy frictionless way to uh, to get Bitcoin. We store all hundred percent of that, but if I had to run my business hand to mouth, yeah, I would I would hold on to the currency that I can still buy the food with, mm. and uh, until that's Bitcoin, you know, once that's Bitcoin, then there's no reason to hold any government cash. So so basically, the first one is like the fiduciaries um, just store a portion of their cash like into Bitcoin like, as a hedge against. Um, the inflation rates and potentially the currency rates and so on. That's, that's the first one. For the second one is just accept uh, Bitcoin like, as a way that consumers can start to pay you for the products or services and then have a strategy for how much you keep and then how much you convert back um, to funding the operation. Is that right? Yeah. And as an investor, as a venture investor, I... Um I looked at all that and I said, well, God, I've got to buy some just for my fund. And so I bought some Bitcoin, some Ethereum and some Maker just for the fund so that um, it could uh, it could have this kind of a hedge against inflation separate from all the startups that are operating currently operating in fiat. So. Like I really like your thinking around um, the accepting of um, Bitcoin as part of the standard operation, and I think you know there's also you know just to the listeners out there, not a lot of your competitors are going to be doing this. So aside from the fact that this will open up a whole other market for you, it's cool and it's a way to really stand out from this crowded marketplace that we're in. You know, you know by just saying hey we accept Bitcoin, that could sure. be a point of difference in like a place where every insurance company sounds the same, talks the same, you know, just says the same thing. There's one that, that now accepts Bitcoin, you know, like that might be like an interesting way to stand out, especially because it's so competitive these days in the digital space. Um, um, but how do you, um, aside from cryptocurrencies, you know, like you talked about smart contracts and distributed ledgers and all that type of thing, you know, so are there places where these companies can start to invest into blockchain solutions to improve their operations? Um, yeah, we, you know, we backed some of those companies early on and they, they, it didn't take off because it takes a lot of handholding to get a company to change what is right now a database to turn that into a, a blockchain system or a, a NFTs. It's, a, it's, it's years of effort. Um, so, so that part hasn't really taken off. The idea that I can store all my data on the, on the blockchain. And it's got to be data where you need permanent records. So mm. there are specific uses that are more valuable than, um, than a normal database. You, wanna, you want something that, that will not change. If you, if you have some data that you never want to change, that's perfect for the blockchain. If you have data that's moving in and out, changing all the time, 
then, then you don't want that for the blockchain. So health records are great. Historic financial records are probably fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything that, uh, that stores it uh, permanently. And then authentication uh, is possible on the blockchain. And that, um, that's where, you know, you can, you can put, a, a, you know, a, a private key on every uh, piece of art or every mm-hmm. whatever that anybody has. And then you, um, you can authenticate it. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So anything that seems like a, perf- a, a permanent record, that is the kind of thing that is good for the blockchain. But like you said, it takes years of time to do, and it changes how the company fundamentally operates. So it's almost in the too hard basket for lots of these organizations, right? And so does that mean then that it's a lot of these entrepreneurs that are creating startups in the blockchain and the crypto fields that are there to support these larger companies? That's really how this starts to shift things. Is that a fair statement or is that just wrong? (laughs) So, um, I'm not sure I get that question, like to- but I, I can kind of spin it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think that um, the existing businesses, think of big, huge businesses as big, huge boats, yep. and they're in the ocean, and they can turn maybe two degrees without messing the boat up too much. Mm-hmm. And think of startups as these little boats that can turn, you know, 180 degrees without even blinking. Yep. I I think that the major changes in the in the new industries are going to come from the small boats. They're going to come from the entrepreneurs. And so you're going to see interesting, all sorts of interesting things happen around NFTs, around the blockchain, whatever. And then some of the, and first there'll be consumer products that people kind of go, oh, that's really cool. I can try this. And then over time, eventually it hits the enterprise and then the enterprise starts saying, well, we, we need to use this for this. Got it. Um, and so it's, so would you say that these types of companies are more companies that will um, like disrupt specific industries or that they will support them in different ways? They'll be both. I mean, some, some startups uh, really, uh, I mean, the best startups create kind of a nice wedge into an industry and then they slowly grow that wedge. Mm -hmm. Um, Some startups are just feeding, just creating products that provide better, better services for their customers, their corporates. Uh, It's sort of the difference between, you know, these consumer brands, Facebook, Mm -hmm. Google, Apple, whatever, and the corporate brands that are kind of the SaaS products, Salesforce and Microsoft and others, um, IBM. Those are the ones that, that help the corporation become something successful. They are slower in general to move and adopt new technologies than the consumer is. The consumer can just sort of say, I'll buy that. And so the consumer usually comes first. The consumer comes first. 
And okay, that's interesting. It's interesting. I'm just trying to get kind of the listeners' heads around kind of, you know, so how can they start to prepare for this this change that is happening? You know, it's happening. It's starting with Bitcoin, but that's just the start. Let's just talk quickly about, okay, so now I'm trying to find some blockchain solutions, right? Okay, so now you talked about the balance sheet software, but there's all these um, supporting kind of like blockchain solutions um, that can help organizations improve kind of how they serve their customers or how um, they manage their Bitcoin. How does a company choose a reputable company to work with because there's so many um, there's like thousands of them at the moment right and lots of them like are kind of solving the same thing but how do you choose a company to say that's a good solution that's what i'm going to put you know the resources into i'm not a good uh, one to ask that because i i am doing a portfolio approach Mm-hmm. And I invest in 10 companies, assuming that five of them go out of business. Okay. And, uh, and so I'm not saying which one abs, I'm not trying for perfection. Uh, now as, a, as a customer of some product where I'm actually paying dollars for a product, I'm going to be very discriminating and try to figure out with, you know, how to use it and what, what it can be used for and how I can, help my customers with it. Uh, but uh, I, I think I'm pretty much uh, the wrong candidate. To talk about. <laughs> okay. So where would somebody go? I think go? A, C, a CIO or CTO of a big business is probably the one to check on that kind of thing. Oh, so where would somebody go then to find these solutions? Because they're not, so they're not easily, I guess, identifiable um, through mainstream channels, right? And so, you know, so where does somebody you oh, know, well, go you, to I start mean, to find? Yeah, you looked, you mentioned one thing about trust. Um, trust and freedom are what make great countries. I mean, that's all there is to it. And that is also what makes great companies. And uh, and if you are building a great company and you provide great trust, from just not just how you treat your employees, but your suppliers and your customers and everybody. Um, then you're building something of amazing value, one brick at a time, and you go up. And, uh, and if you're creating more freedom for people, you will be more successful. Um, and the two country mm-hmm. models are Singapore for trust and South Korea versus North Korea mm-hmm. yeah, for freedom. Um, the, you know, freedom just works and trust just works. So how do you find the supplier that you can trust? It's usually the one that's successful. Okay. (laughs) They, they're the ones who have customers who love them, referrals, all that. Okay. So it's the same process. If it's a raw startup, startup, they're always trying to figure out how to gain credibility with a customer, but um, that first customer in this new world is not as hard as it used to be to get because mm. there are a lot of people who are willing to like, okay, we'll try it. We'll, you know, we'll be your beta customer. We'll try this thing out. We'll see if it works. Plus, what is the thing which you are most excited about in terms of Bitcoin and the crypto industry over the next like, 10, 20 years, you know, like far into the future? <clears throat> 
That's funny. Three things came to mind. <laughs> One is Coinbase because they have taken the high ground and, you know, you, if you've got the high ground on a business, uh, it's good for generations. Uh, so one is Coinbase. Two is um, the, the decentralization of everything, which includes decentralization of free speech, of money, of everything. And we have a company called Unstoppable Domains that allows us to um, buy, you know, you can, you can buy alex.crypto and put whatever you want on there and put your wallet on there and put your whatever. And it's all secure and no one can come and say, you know, you, it, they can't stop you from saying the things that you believe. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, uh, I think that's incredibly valuable for the world. And I mean, it's what made the U.S. the U.S. is the free speech thing. I think mm -hmm. that was important as anything. After all, you're in media. You, you like free speech. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and then uh, the third is Bitcoin. And I just think that this, uh, you know, and the altcoins, I, I mean, a lot of these altcoins are going to be very exciting, very interesting. Uh, they're going to be doing new things with them. Um, you know, DeFi is just the beginning. All the, the decentralized finance is just yeah. the beginning. There are, um, there are many, many new applications that are coming along. Uh, so, yeah, stay tuned. I think uh, if I, yeah, if I were to pick three, those are the three. Cool. Uh, Coinbase, yeah. unstoppable domains kind of thing, the decentralization of everything and Bitcoin. Great. And if there's one thing that you want the listeners to do, a site to visit, book to buy, a place to go, what would you like them to do? Well, you watch Meet the Drapers. That's our show on TV. We have 12 million viewers and you can buy, you can invest in the companies that we interview. It's like Shark Tank. It's cool. But you can invest as a viewer. Uh, and uh, and then I, I wrote a book, so go look it up. It's How to Be the Startup Hero. Yep. And, uh, and then the other thing is for the women, only one in 14 Bitcoin wallets is owned by a woman. I think once the women realize that they can save two and a half to four percent every time they swipe their credit card at retail, women control eighty percent of retail. It's going to be full speed ahead, and so uh, I encourage women to go out and go to get a Coinbase account and buy some Bitcoin. Buy some Bitcoin. Yep, great, Tim. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking everything about crypto and and kind of how it's going to change the world. I so appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Terrific. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Tim. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Growth Manifesto podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. For more episodes, please visit growthmanifesto.com forward slash podcast. And if you need help driving growth for your company, please get in touch with us at webprofits.io.